truth. 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 Welcome to Trusting the Truth with Samuel Tolley, where we view the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. We do not view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. Are you God's man? Are you a saved man? Weren't you called to righteousness and holiness? It's time to step up. All of God's men must step up. We've laid back for far too long avoided the fight. Now the enemy is strong. The sidelines, they are gone. And the battle lines have been drawn. This is a battle that starts on our knees or on our face if he's so pleased. God didn't call women to lead. Many called to take a stand. To stand for our families, to stand for our land. Many call to illuminate the way. Darkness must flee in the light of day. Men dedicated to Him and Him alone. Men who garner strength from His mighty throne. Oh, my brothers, it's time to stand. And when we stand, it won't be alone. Samuel Tolley and welcome to Manly Monday where we talk about the things of God from a manly perspective and deal with them in the way hopefully God would want us to. Today we're going to talk about California nightmares and uh, you know I remember the old song California Dreaming by the Mamas and the Papas but right now there's a nightmare going on in California. And though I don't live in California, I spent the first 67 years of my life there. So I definitely have a love for California. But what needs to be told, what needs to be spoken about, what needs to be changed are things we need to address because as California goes, the whole nation goes. And they're going to help me with this discussion is going to be Pastor Wayne C. Cooper. Let me bring him online. All right. Pastor, how you doing? Hey, thank you there, Brother Samuel. Thank you for having me today. Yeah. Now, before we get into stuff, since we're going to be dealing with darkness, I'd like you to just open us up to the Lord in prayer. Okay. Sure. Well, let us pray. Gracious God, our Father, the Father of lights, we come before your throne, Lord, this afternoon. We give you praise. We honor you, Lord as the sovereign ruler of the universe. We know that you are all knowing, you're all powerful, you're all wise, and that you are everywhere present at the same time. 
And so, Lord, as we embark on this conversation, an important conversation, we pray that you will bless us with your divine presence, Lord, that your wisdom would be apparent and that it would prevail, Lord, as we discuss the various issues that is impacting, Lord, the state of California and even other parts of the country. We pray that even as listeners tune in, that they would hear our hearts, Lord, that our hearts are indeed the heartbeat that emanates from you, because, Lord, we know that you are deeply concerned about what is happening in the state of California. So I pray that you will bless us, Lord, as we undertake uh, these subjects today. So may you be with us in the time that we have, and we give you all the glory. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, Pastor, before we get started, tell the people about you, your ministry. Well, thank you. Well, um, just to give you a little bit, I, I originally, I'm a, I'm a man from the Deep South. I was born and raised in Tampa Bay, Florida, in the city of Tarpon Springs, just a little small community outside of the city of Tampa, Florida. Um, I, I was born and raised there, left there and 45 years ago, went in the United States Army served for 11 years. But even prior to that, I think it was either 15, I get a little muddy, I think it was either 15 or 16 years of age, I actually come came to faith in the Lord at an old-fashioned tent revival. Um, I had a man from the Bahamas had come to town and mm -hmm. literally stayed for about a month. And what was interesting, Brother Samuel, is that the street where this took place is a street called Lake Street. Now here in California, in Pasadena, as obviously that you know about, we have Lake Avenue. Mm -hmm. but where I'm from, we had Lake Street. And Lake Street, like Lake Avenue, is a long road, a long street where right. I'm from. And here's what's, here's what's amazing about that. I was one of the children of my parents. I was born at home. So I wasn't born in a hospital. And I was actually born in a house on Lake Street. Mm. And many years later, the Lord brought me to faith in his son, also on Lake Street at a tent revival meeting. So I'd often tell people I was born into this world um, on Lake Street, and then I was born again on Lake Street. So, <laughs> so, yeah. And so from there, as I said, you know, I went in the military. During that time, I had come to faith in Christ, like I said, and then God called me into the ministry back in 1981 and so i was licensed and then subsequently i was ordained to the ministry i got out of the ministry i mean i'm sorry i got out of the military in 1989 went to bible college in south carolina at school used to be called columbia bible college and seminary people will probably now know it as columbia international university in the capital city of columbia south carolina and mm -hmm. it was from South Carolina, I was pastoring a small church in the rural community. And due to some contacts that I had in California from my days in Germany, um, I was called to pastor where I am now at the Lincoln Avenue Christian Church in the city of Pasadena and have been there for the last 28 and a half years. So I have been in one place uh, trying to faithfully serve the Lord and God's people and our community there in Pasadena and just simply trying to stand on truth and trying to love people into the kingdom and 
um, just teaching and preaching. And, you know, sometimes it's been hard. Uh, sometimes it's been excruciating. Mm. Sometimes it's been quite challenging. And, and to be honest with you, even sometimes it's been um, heart-wrenching, you know, because when you try to engage people in ministry, you know, ministry is about is about spiritual warfare. And sometimes, um, you know, it's not always an easy thing to do. And so, so here I am 28 and a half years later, I'm still going, still determined, still, still full of hope, still full of uh, God's, um, you know, fire, still preaching and teaching. And by the grace of God, I, I hope to keep, keep, keep it on, as they say. Amen. Just to let the people know, before I even met the pastor, yeah. I was raised in Pasadena, the city in which he's pastoring him. I probably left, oh, about 35 years ago. So I, I left Pasadena before he came there, but yeah. I am fully familiar with the terrain because that was my stomping grounds from a kid. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Pastor, when I we talked about California nightmares, I mean, there are things that are going on in my old hometown state that are sickening. I want to see if I can pull this picture up while we're talking, and hopefully it'll intersperse between us. So this is a test. Okay. Oh, let me get you off of here as far as the highlight part. Okay, we're down below. This gentleman, this picture is a, is this is State Senator Scott Weiner. And I, and I just pulled this up. This is something I wrote back in 2020. I wasn't even going to think about it, but it said Democrat State Senator Scott Weiner, a gay politician from San Francisco, introduced SB 145, which is ready for Governor Newsom's signature. The law exempts sex offenders from registration if the act involved a person not more than 10 years older than the molested minor. That means a 21-year-old caught with an 11-year-old wouldn't have to register as a sex offender. Uh, Democrats are destroying the moral fabric of California. Now, I wrote this. Mm, I think I had just left California in April when I moved to Arizona. Mm. But the interesting thing about this bill is, from Mr. Weiner, uh, this bill was signed by Governor Newsom. But this isn't the only thing that this guy the two bills that we're going to discuss, he's part of. And he had also, there was another bill. I, I, I didn't think of the name of it at the time, but I remember when I was in California, he sponsored another bill that was signed by uh, Governor Newsom in which if a person knowingly gave someone HIV, it was no longer a felony, but a misdemeanor in the yeah. state of California. <laughs> and I mean, it was like, Wow. You know, it's just decriminalizing everything. I mean, and he's this guy was part of a lot of other things, but the one one of the two bills that he sponsored that we were going to talk about today, and this this one is an act in law, is called <clears throat> SB 107. Mm -hmm. And I'll read a little portion of it. It says this bill would prohibit a provider of health care a health care service plan or a contractor from releasing medical information related to a person or entity allowing a child to receive gender affirming care or gender affirming medical um, mental health care 
in response to a criminal or civil action, including a foreign subpoena based on another state's law that authorizes a person to bring a civil or criminal action against a person or entity that allows a child to receive gender-affirming health care or gender-affirming mental health care, the bill additionally would prohibit law enforcement agencies from knowingly making or participating in the arrest or extradition of an individual pursuant to an out-of-state arrest warrant based on another state's law against providing, receiving, or allowing a child to receive gender-affirming health care or gender-affirming mental um, I think here, basically what it's saying is California is a sanctuary city, a state. If, it, if your child, if you live in New Mexico and you and your wife are having issues or whatever the case is, and you, you as a male say, if you have legal custody in the state of New Mexico and your wife kidnaps your child and takes it to California, California will not honor New Mexico's request to extradite them or to stop the child from receiving so-called gender-affirming care or do anything to uphold your rights as a parent mm -hmm. or the, the child. I mean, it, 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 I find it crazy. Yeah. Go ahead, Pastor. Yeah, um, yeah, I was reading up on that. But, you know, uh, Brother Samuel, the first thing I want to highlight but I think this is significant for the for the you know the people who would hear this podcast because I think this is significant for okay. all parents. Scott Weiner, as you say, he's been around a while, and mm -hmm. I remember that first one that you highlighted about the the sexual you know with the age disparity and not having to um, have a person register as a sex offender. I remember that. I remember my thoughts about that. But but. Uh, SB 107, one of the things that people need to remember, this man is not a parent. Right. So let's start there. So we're talking about a non-parent making a, you know, writing up a bill that has now become law to impact the lives of parents. Mm. And I mean, it just, you know, for those of us now, thankfully, my my children are grown, but of course they my children no longer live in California, but mm -hmm. they do still have young children, yeah. and you know anything can happen. They can move back to California, um, but um, for but for people parents who have young children, and of course the church where I pastor, we have people who have young children, and I just think that is just so insensitive. I think is. Um, is is just blatantly wrong to have a gay man who who has no vested interest in children at all to write up something and then to have a governor who himself is the parent of children mm. to sign into law to stop parents from you know, doing anything about their children. Because I was thinking about this. And and yes, there will always be children who will be confused. You know, we talk about, you know, sexual dysphoria and all of that. But 
But Brother Sam, I want you to consider this for a moment. Think about children because in today's world, we know there's a lot of grooming going on. A lot mm -hmm. of grooming, a lot of uh, uh, children who are just being pushed into this lifestyle. And so let's say, for example, let's take a conservative state like Texas and and or even like where you are in Arizona for the most part. So let's say if a child said, okay, well, I can't get the, the proper care that I need here, so I'm going to run across the state and I'm going to run to California where I can be safe and coddled and I can be given what I believe is the proper care that I need. And so now you have a state that is saying to parents, um, we have now taken custody of your child right. and there's nothing you can do about it. And then not to mention, while the child may do that, what about if you also have an affirming parent who mm -hmm. says, okay, my state doesn't have this agenda affirming care. And so we're going to take our child to California so that they can get the care. So in thinking about it, what I think, and, and I wonder if Texas and other states are have done this or they've started the, they've started the process. I would say to those states, they need to consider also enacting some laws that prohibit parents from taking their kids across these lines, you know, into these states that sanction this kind of law that we have in California and, and make that punishable uh, because, you know, that's just wrong to take your child to another state just so that you can, um, you know, um, expose them to that. So I just think it's an awful thing. But for me, again, as a parent, I think that it just says a lot about a man who is not a parent and who wants to aid and abet the, um, you know, the, the, the confusion and the, the misguided um, parts that, that young children who are confused um, I just think that it's wrong for that to happen. I'm so sorry that that we didn't have, you know, that our state is, as you know, is Democratic run all the way in the Super majority. Yeah, and and the governor. So it's going to be very hard. Whenever a bill like this is written, it's going to be hard to stop it because of of what I just said you know, about who runs the state. You know, you made me think about something that I. For whatever reason, it didn't consider when you're talking about he's a parent's like he didn't have a vested interest. But you uh, these sodomite people are not born. Like you said, grooming the vested interest that he might have is in helping perpetuate the sickness and and they have to recruit new people. They have to bring them in to this Absolutely. that world Absolutely. you know and and if you can uh, uh, take away a parent's ability to protect because to me we're talking about getting rid of a parent's ability to protect the child which also reminds me before i left california and i believe this was also under newsom's watch i don't think it was brown but they passed a, a law where it was illegal for a child with gender dysphoria to get counseling Yes. You yeah. know, now, and I always wondered how do you guys as the pastors dealt with that thing? 
Yeah, it, it was always tough. Now, ironically, my wife is a is a state licensed marriage and family therapist. Mm. And and she works for an organization that deals with mental illness. And that is a subject that she and I we have conversations about. And of course, as you as you alluded to, you know, she's not able to counsel a child or a young person or even an adult for that matter you know, who, who may be confused when it comes to the homosexual thing. She's not, she's not allowed by law to counsel someone who's having, you know, let's just say, for example, let's just say someone who's lived their life as an adult, as, as a, as a gay person. And you know what, let's just say something happens and all of a sudden they're beginning to have maybe a change of hearts or a change of their feelings begin to change. And they say, you know what? I want to explore this. Why am I changing? You know, why? Why all of a sudden am I feeling like um, I'm heterosexual again? I, I feel like all of a sudden here I am, a gay man, and mysteriously I'm finding myself being attracted to women. And mm. and maybe in the earlier years I was not attracted to women. Do you know, brother Samuel? Uh, if a man said, "Hey, I want to go talk to uh, uh, you know this this counselor, this therapist." My wife, even though she's a state licensed therapist, she could not engage such a person in that conversation or she would lose her license. I thought that was only under 18. Oh, no. I mean, no, no, no. That's 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 the law across the board. You can't oh, talk about that. Wow. Even adults? Not even adults. You can't. Oh, you can't. They're, they're saying that that what's, what's another term I think was used is the bottom line is that they're saying that you are coercing a person. That in other words, the thinking is there is no such authentic uh, therapy that all you're doing is really coercing someone and you are manipulating someone. So even for adults, because let me just tell you, adults have have attempted to come to my wife and other uh, therapists in her in her company for that purpose. I, we've had, uh, let me tell you this, this is going to blow you away. And I want your audience to hear this. We know, we know of a personal situation. And let me just tell you, I actually called it. We know of a young woman who, who for whatever reason, and I use the term mysteriously, because I think for this young woman, it was mysterious to us because we knew her. She was living for a little while, a gay lifestyle. But listen to this. She got pregnant. Mm. She wanted to have a. She wanted to be a mother, and she did the whole uh, what is it? Intro. Uh, I can't even pronounce the name of the IVF. Intravenous. Yes. Yeah. The intro, they, they call it a name, but anyway, she got pregnant, and I said to some people, "What are you guys? In vitro. In vitro yeah, fertilization. Vitro. Yeah. Yeah. She. Okay. That's it. Yeah. She got pregnant. Okay. And I and and I called it. I said, what happens when, when all of a sudden her hormone, the whole system changes and all of a sudden she's not going to want to be that way anymore. And let me tell you, my brother, this woman had a child and do you know, she didn't want to live that way no more. Mm. And, and, and right now she don't live that way anymore. Right. And she's attracted to men. <laughs> she's attracted Amen to men. men. <laughs> and, and and all that stuff. Now, in that case, it, I just think it was just an act of God in that God used the pregnancy to kind of maybe 
rearrange whatever's going on in her hormonal system. I think that it just changed it. But this is the point I want to make. Um, some people will say in that community, well, she's not really, really converted. You know, it's just only mm-hmm. a matter of time. She'll revert back to who she really is, you know, because they, they can't accept the fact that she was just confused in the first place. Right. And maybe the pregnancy, you know, with the whole, you know, women are complex. As you know, God created as human beings, we're complex creatures. And women in particular, you know, when they're carrying a child, the hormonal system gets, you know, in and out of whack. And in this case, it did something where it brought forth this sense of motherhood and wanting to uh, be the best example for her child. And I'm telling you, she she's even testified to the glory of God that, mm. hey, weird as it may sound to some of y'all, I don't even have those feelings anymore. Mm. I, she's saying, I don't have those feelings anymore. I don't have those desires. And, and she was clear. She says, I want to be clear because some of you all will blame the church. She says, the church had nothing to do with it. She said, it had more to do with my relationship with the Lord, but it also had to do with the fact that when I gave birth to my child, when I looked into my child's eyes, Mm. I realized I am a mother. I am a woman. I am a lady. And and that's the way I'm going to live my life. It's amazing, you know, the where the enemy want to kill, steal, and destroy. They want he want to. He's the author of confusion, mm-hmm. and in the process of the normal. Well, it wasn't a normal pregnancy, but the but once the pregnant. I mean, as far as in fer- fertilization, but once the body started going through the process that God ordained, that 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 temple that He ordained in the woman to create that He creates life. It, like you said, the hormones and everything, it hit her. Mm-hmm. It, it, and, you know, the compassion, the love for this child, mm-hmm. the necessity, that's what we want. I mean, and yeah. this is what we want in, in life, period. It, it, it amazes me that we could be so, so twisted. But but I was asking you, as a pastor, mm-hmm. how do you guys, how does how does your you and your people in your field deal with this thing as far as people, if they come to you and say, I got these tendencies. I want to be yeah. with a with a man, and I know it's wrong. Yeah. Well, I would say this um, for me, because I always want to be honest when I'm speaking. I don't. I haven't had a lot of that. I haven't mm-hmm. had a lot of men. I've had probably in my whole 28 years at the church, I probably had maybe two persons down through the years who I mean, and both of them we weren't men. I think I had a man. I had a woman. Who, okay. you know, who has same-sex attraction. And I'll just tell you, I've always tried to counsel them strictly from the Bible. And, right. you know, and, and so one of the things I try to do is, is affirm who God created them to be. So I, mm-hmm. what I've never done is to affirm them in, in, in the wrong way of thinking. Because I think that, first of all, you can never affirm people in their sin and in their wrong. Right. I, I think I think when people are going off in the wrong way, that's not that's not what you do. You don't affirm people. Just like when I was reading about Scott Weiner, and uh, and I was reading about this other woman uh, that we probably talk about, Lori Wilson. Yeah. She was talking about 
affirming a, a child. No, you don't affirm a five-year-old and a seven-year-old in their delusion. And, right. and so I never affirm people when, when I know they're going in the wrong way. But what mm -hmm. I try to affirm is is the is what the creator has done, and I try to bring them back to that point so that they can understand. Like I, I have talked to people within my family and have told mm -hmm. them, God created you a male. He he created you a male, and he created you a male uh for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And 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 he has given you all the male parts. So if right. there's any confusion. Uh, and so now what I try to do, the second thing is that I try to do with people is to try to help them understand perhaps why they have these feelings. I, I try to explore, hey, talk to me about your life. Did something happen? Was there abuse? Did, did somebody do something to you? Did somebody touch you inappropriately? Did somebody talk to you in a way inappropriately? You know, what were you exposed to? You know, did you look at you know inappropriate materials? You know, uh, magazines. You know, uh, dirty movies or something that may have awakened things in you that that shouldn't have happened. And so I've, I've tried to go the whole way, but for me, you know, I realize that the state may say, "Well, you know what? You shouldn't try to." Uh, convert them. But I'm always going to speak the truth in love when it comes to this issue of homosexuality and transgender. So if anyone ever came to me, mm. I'm going to always point them back to the truth as it as it revealed in the scripture. So, that's so that law in California, they try to apply that both to the medical field and to the theological field as well. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Because I think they would say to me, Mm -hmm. that no that you shouldn't tell people that is wrong yeah they would definitely tell me that so that, so, that so that's that's, that's like that's like borderline trying to control scripture yeah well it's definitely interferes with the church separation of church and state in the sense that you know that the state now is trying to tell the church what the church can believe and what the church can preach now as you just heard we just had a a, a you know united states supreme court ruling Mm -hmm. that you know dealt with the issue of free speech you know with the young woman right. who did not want to i guess in the issue of uh, making something for a gay couple so they utilize her 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 ability to express herself you know like in, in terms of a custom made type item she had the right to say no well when you are speaking as a pastor and as a preacher um you should be able to say what the scripture says but i'll just be honest with you Yes, there are people within the state of California who will attempt to intimidate you and will say that you should not just outright tell someone that what they're doing is sin. I, I can see right now we're not going to touch on all three of my items, but I don't yeah. care because we'll, we'll maybe have to do another day yeah. sometime. But just like what a lot of people don't realize Whereas California got their issues with Nancy, when they had an HR5 that they tried to put through a couple of years ago when Pelosi was the Speaker of the House, and an HR5, it would have taken away a church's right to reject hiring a, a known uh, affirming homosexual that qualified for a job mm -hmm. in a church. Mm -hmm. You know, they would they would tell you it was telling you essentially that. You can't reject this person because they're not renouncing their anti-God uh, 
lifestyle. And I'm glad that it didn't pass. But it seemed like there's a constant attack on the body of Christ Mm -hmm. for for Bible-believing people and Bible-believing churches and trying to strip away our rights and trying to make us confirm to the evil. Right, right. Well, well, let me say this to you. You may not remember, because I know sometimes things get quiet after a while, but you, you may not remember this, but right now there is on there is in Congress, in, in our government, a bill that seeks to, it seeks to do a couple of things. It seeks to force Christian schools like seminaries, Bible colleges to renounce um, their belief in, for example, in the traditional sense of marriage, that's that's on that's right now happening in Congress. It I has never gone that. anywhere. It has never gone anywhere, but okay. it, it has been, it has started, and um, since Biden has been president, and so that also um, not only goes to um, like seminaries and Bible colleges, but also the churches because they're all lumped together. Because basically, what they want us to do is to renounce our belief in the traditional uh you know understanding of what marriage is between one man and one woman mm. and w- as far as the schools are concerned of course you know the threat is obviously no financial fu- no government funding uh to take away your accreditation and um what else um oh and and in some cases outright threatening to shut the schools down and all of that now some schools, you know, all, all schools are differently. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm happen to be, I'm in the doctorate program at Talbot School of uh, Theology at Biola University, and and they've had that come at them. But by the grace of God, and I'm thankful for the strength of the people. They have they have st- stood firm on the inerrancy of Scripture, mm-hmm. on what marriage is, and pretty much have said, you know, we don't need your financial uh you know uh uh backing you know and, and i realize it, it can hurt some students who who otherwise may not afford uh to be able to attend their seminary but uh tabard has been strong in that regard there have been other schools around the nation but sadly there have been some schools some christian schools who have caved in you know to this this notion about hey what is marriage you know uh, you know, the whole issue of transgender, that's part of it. But mm-hmm. from what I understand, now it hasn't passed the House, it hasn't passed the Senate uh, because they've gotten bogged down with some other things. But it is it is a thing that when the when the Democrats were in charge of Congress, you know, um, when Biden first got in office, mm-hmm. they, they put that as one of their items. And so I can assure you that this is not an issue that's going away. That no. is coming back, and the church needs to be ready as well as the schools. Yeah, the church needs to be ready, and they need to. <laughs> the, the church needs to be. They need to be reminded of the first century church. But yeah. Yeah. Let, let me let me at least let's get to this next one. Yeah. The A B. While well, we got time, A B one nine five. No, nine five seven. Nine five seven, and this one. As amended, and you know, Wilson, the, she co wrote this, and it, also Wiener's a part of this one too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it says AB 957 as amended, Wilson family gender identity, existing uh, laws govern the determination of child custody and visitation in 
contested proceedings and require the court for purposes of deciding custody to determine the best interests of the child based on certain factors, including among other things, the health, safety, and welfare of the child. This bill for purposes of this provision would include a parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity or gender expression as part of the health, self, safety, and welfare of the child. Now, you know, I remember when my kids were small, uh, some of them, and they started passing laws and I, and, and I wasn't really political at the time. I didn't pay attention, but I remember it was a thing about if you spanked your child and they saw a bruise on them or something at school, then they might want to come and, and you're going to deal with the authorities. Now, when I was a kid, um, my parents didn't care anything about authorities. They didn't care. Any, they didn't hear anything about authority. Mm -hmm. I think actually when I was a kid, if you went down the street and act like a fool, the neighbor down the street might whoop your butt, call your parents. And when you got home, you got another you one. Got another one, right? <laughs> you know, so we were we were we were more of a Christian minded society. But then when I started raising mine and I had to think about it, I said, well, I got to raise these kids and I'm not going to let these people uh, stop me now. You know, I, I might have took a little extra care on how I administer uh, discipline. But uh, I remember a, a situation that I'll never forget uh, when, when my former wife, deceased one, she was at a um, working and uh, at, at a bank. And there was this lady, you know, came into the bank. And this was a white lady and a little white kid. And she came to the bank and said, and he was acting up. And she said, now, Johnny, if you don't stop, I'm going to count to 10. And Johnny looked at her and said, 10. Now, if I would if I would have did something like that when I was a kid, I would have woke up trying to figure out where I was. You know, if I looked at my parents strange, I would have tried to figure out where I was because they didn't tolerate that sort of stuff. Now we're sitting over here talking about a child telling you what they are when you made them. And when Joe Biden was running for president and said, well, you know, an eight year old should be able to decide what, what, what gender they are. And people didn't take this stuff seriously. And these people were obviously serious about life altering processes, which totally ruin a child for the rest of their life. And now they're telling us that they're trying to make this law in California where you must affirm it. Now, also, there was a law recently passed in, New, in the state of New York where the schools are shown uh, how, um, you know, to uh, misguide a parent. If, they, if, if their child is thinking they want to change their sex, they'll go to school. If the guy's name is Johnny and he says, I want to be called Joanne at school, they will call him Joanne at school. But when they have to interact with the parent, they'll lie and say, well, no, this is Johnny. So, so we have all these forces encouraging children mm -hmm. to, to do stupid stuff. When, when I was younger, the PTA, the Parent Teachers Association, were teachers helping parents, corralling them in within our worldview. But now, um, like I said, they want to make it so, as a parent in California, you don't have any rights. My, my youngest son is ready to move to Florida now get his family out of there. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you, the, the hitchhike, the, the, the kind of like um, piggyback on what you just said. You know, I was listening to a guy, it was an interesting quote, 
where he said in California, I quote, he says, your kids are not your kids. Mm. And, um, and, and of course, Lori Wilson, one of the, one of the sponsors of this, of this latest bill, this AB 957. Now, unlike Wiener, she does have a, a vested interest in this regard. She is the mother of a trans child. Ah. So, so she is the mother of a trans child. And see, for her, she thinks, and she's misguided. And if I was looking at her, I would tell her she's misguided because she thinks it is, it is, she thinks that it is her responsibility to affirm the child in the child's delusion. Mm. Okay. The mother is supposed to be sane enough to help the child by not affirming the child in the child's delusion or dysphoria. So if you want to be a little nicer about it, the child obviously has dysphoria and confusion uh, because the child is, is clearly what God created the child to be, a male or female. Okay. Right. So the mother here is the one who is abusive. The mother, let me tell you something. I, I've said this. If I was a DA and I was up there in that San Francisco area, I they would think I lost my mind because I would be attempting to arrest parents for child endangerment mm -hmm. who, who, quote, affirm their children in their delusions. Because rather than trying to get, see, these are the kids, my brother, who needs to be in therapy. You know, yeah. like not we don't want we don't want children or adults to have therapy to get help because we for some sick reason we want them to be sick. Think about it. We want them to be sick, so we say, okay, just leave them alone. I I did an interesting uh, research on something. I think that you and the audience will find interesting. So I went back to different generations. You know how we call people by the different generation, you know, Gen X, Gen whatever. Right. So I went back to when they started this stuff. So we have what is called the silent generation. That's the years between 1945 and earlier. So when we talk about like transgender, now in that generation, they hardly ever heard anything about homosexuality, let alone transgender. But even for the transgender stuff, I read in, in, in pretty good research that there was maybe in all of that generation, maybe 1.7% of any, if you want to say population of that age group of people pretending like they're somebody other than they were. Hmm. Okay. Then you come up one generation, 1946 to 1964, which is what I'm in. I suppose you're in the baby boomer. Yeah. Okay, that that rose to 2.7%, okay, of confused people. Then the next one was what is known as Gen X, which is the year of 1965 and 1980. I actually have two daughters in that one because born in 79, 78. So you're talking about that rose to 3.3. So it's still low. Uh, when people talk about you know transgender and all of this stuff, now what's interesting is here's where it increases with the gen with the uh, the millennials. That's the crowd, you know, 1980, and I have a daughter born in that generation, 1980 to 1996. That rose, brother Samuel, all the way to 11.2. Mm. 
Wow. 11.2%. But now this is where you got to be sitting down. Then this last group that we now call Gen Z, the, the years between 1997 and 204, it has risen all the way to 19.7, nearly 20% of that generation is considered transgender. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, now I'm fixing to really blow you away. Now, we all know who uh, Bill Maher is. Yeah. Now, you know, Bill Maher is a God hater. He's mm -hmm. a, he's definitely a major leftist. And I don't know whether you follow this of late, but he's been having conflict with the leftists. Uh, he, he literally have cussed them out in the last week because he has stated that he felt like that the leftists and, and the whole trans stuff have gone too far. And I saw that he'd been battling with him a little recently, but I didn't, I didn't know about oh, well, right away. Well, let me tell you how specific he, he gets with it. He, he, he was so mad. Now, obviously, I'm not going to repeat what he said, but he, he cusses them out and said that he could care less whether they come back to his show, whether they tune in or whatever. He's a sick and tired of all the stuff that they're, they're pushing. But this dude, you know, you know, I think we all will agree that whether Bill is lost and he's way out there, and mm -hmm. he is, he apparently does his own research. So he was doing his research. Listen to what he says. He said there are two states in America where transgender is trans transgenderism, excuse me, seem to really be the big, big places. Now, the first one is not going to surprise you. California is number one. Okay. It has the highest percentage of any state in America where transgenderism is. And so this is what Bill Maher says. He says it, it is as if that California bursts transgenders. So so it's like seeing like everybody, all all the Gen Z, all of these kids who are being born now and you know during this time and now after, because we're now in 2023, it's like Every one and every four child that's born, you can expect them to be a transgender. Then he said the second state, if you can believe it, because this state politically overall has been considered a conservative state. But for some strange reason, Ohio really has a lot of transgender uh, children. So Bill Maher labels it like this. California uh, breeds. Um, um, transgenders and Ohio raises them. Wow. Okay. Now, I just want to say finally that when you think about it, we know what that is. It's the grooming aspect of it. Because in California, what are you hearing, uh, Samuel, about when you talk about the celebrity world? Almost all of their kids, almost all of their kids, especially if they got more than two, at least one of them going to be transgender or what they talk about non-binary and all it's going to be something perverted yeah like, like like i've yet to see celebrity children i'm talking about from the from the left i've yet to see celebrity children where they are normal right it, it's like something is going to be wrong with them sexually and so be a marha and this is what i want to leave you with be a marha asks the question that i think nobody's really asking he says are you mean do you mean to tell me that all of the kids now are being born in the wrong bodies 
That's a great question. But what go what came to my mind going through the statistics, you went from the silent generation all the way up to this one for each group. Mm-hmm. During our baby boomer years, what was it, 62 and 63? They took uh, prayer out of the school. 64, yeah. Uh-huh. And they, they took prayer and then they took the Bible out the next year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even before that, even though everybody wasn't a Christian, we had a biblical worldview pretty yeah. much in which we were grounded in as a society. Mm-hmm. And once that foundation was removed, you know, we started crashing. I always like to say my parents' generation dropped the ball, but my generation let the air out of it, you know, because like I was part of that, you know, once to get to 69 or a, a mid 60s, uh, free love and all this other crap. And, you know, love is love and all this nonsense. And many of those people never recovered as far as culturally and they're running society now. And, and so, like I said, when they start teaching this stuff or, or the, and then it, it filters to the educational system and many people <clears throat> with that philosophy went into the educational system because and how could you get all these weird books that they're uh-huh. teaching our children in the educational system? So it, it's it's, you know, it, it, it's phenomenal. It, it, it's sick. And I don't know anybody in their right mind if we want to just go back to basics from what we were talking about in the beginning of AB 957. No one in their right mind is going to let a six-year-old go play out in the street because they think it's fun, you know, because they say, oh, you know, they're going to go out there and they're not going to pay attention. They might get hit by a car. But the idea that a six-year-old could tell you that I'm a boy when I'm a girl and then have government with the power of government stand behind this child's mind when they could be groomed at school, groomed around society, groomed with the commercials and, and the little TV shows. I mean, the Disney shows and all kinds of little kitty movies now have this, this transgender and this homosexual themes to it. You have, you have to control basically every aspect of your child's life to prevent it or to try to stop it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you, I think you made a good point. I was telling my wife earlier, isn't it, isn't it ironic? Isn't it interesting even um, when it comes to minor children, parents are held responsible and accountable. If we were to say, if I were to say to a five-year-old, like I have a five-year-old granddaughter, let's just say if I, if I was responsible for her one day and I just say to her, Lauren, um, not Lauren, but uh, my, my, I'm thinking of my oldest granddaughter, but my, my baby, her name is Eve. I said, Eve, you can go outside and go do what you want to do. And uh, Eve gets hit, God forbid, by a car and she's killed. Well, mm-hmm. not, not to mention that my daughter and her husband would hold me accountable because I'm the one who was watching her, right? That's but right. think about what the law would do. Mm-hmm. The law would say, well, Mr. Cooper, where were you when your granddaughter was hit by the car? Oh, I was inside watching TV. You were watching TV and you let your daughter run around in the in the neighborhood or something else could happen. Say if my, my granddaughter was abducted by some pedophile. Right. And, and, and so I'm going to be held accountable. But then you turn you turn around. And if my five year old granddaughter say, I'm a little boy. 
You mean to tell me now you ready? You ready to perform surgery and or to give my granddaughter medication to stop her her growth as a young girl growing up? You know, to to obviously to 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 a teenage years and to become a woman someday. So it's like now, say don't say anything about that. You have nothing to say about that. Oh, but we will hold you accountable if you let her wander out in the streets in the neighborhood and she's accosted. And we never see her again. We hold you accountable for that. You know, boy, this hour moved fast. Yeah. So I wanna, I wanna ask: Have you, uh, people in the ministry? I'm talking about pastors and stuff. Have you guys, you got pastor friends or people you know that you guys discuss this stuff, the assault that's on on the family from government, and and, and this kind of stuff. <laughs> It's a great question, Brother Samuel. Now, let me just tell you, I, I I do talk to a couple of friends. And here's the thing, though. I, I would have to just tell you, most of the guys that I can talk with about what, what you and I are talking about are not guys in California. Mm -hmm. They're guys on the East Coast down in the South, you know, more conservative kind of minded guys. And, and I know we didn't really get to a lot. And maybe if I can just briefly broach it. The whole idea of talking about how black people are their allegiance to the Democrat Party. I don't we don't have to meet another day okay, to then. just okay. do the whole hour for that. Okay, then we'll do that. But yeah, but but mostly my discussion is, is with, with the guys like say in South Carolina, Texas, in the more conservative Bible Belt states who who kind of feel what I feel and you know see it the way I see it, and you know, who 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 understand it from the perspective that I do. And uh, the, the guys, I have a couple of friends here, you know, we do, we, we can occasionally meet together, we can have lunch and we can talk about ministry, but we, we don't really get to the heart of what's really kind of eating at us, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I, to be quite honest, I think that I'm probably more conservative than they are on these types of issues. I, th I think I'm more bolder than they are when it comes to talking about these issues. There's just this belief, there's this belief that people in California, they just don't want you talking about it. You know, that's one of the problems I think, and I'm not, this is just not limited to California, but I think this is one of the problems where, why we got to where we got to because a, a lot of people um are weak they don't want to stand up and take the arrows or or face the i mean to me would you, this to me it's simple if the bible says it that's it oh here it is this thing yeah. right here yeah to me it's, it's yeah. Yeah, i always say i don't make the rules yeah, you know, says says I don't make the rules. He makes the rules, and yeah. whether I like the rules or not, I never found scripture in there where he asked my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, so, and, and there's think, things that are hard. There's there's things, and, and there's things in the Bible. If if it was up to Sam, it wouldn't be there. But I ain't got nothing to do with that. Yeah, I think I think that um, like I want to be clear, the, the brothers that who I they are good men. Mm. They're good men. I think that they love the Lord. I think they love their churches. I think what what I see is, and like you said, even around the country, there are other guys who wouldn't touch this either. Mm. And some of it has to do with 
they think that somehow it's going to offend their membership. And right now, as you know, around the country, particularly when you're talking about pastors who pastors are mega churches, yeah, they are not going to broach the subject because a lot of them are dealing with people who are in the LGBT community in their congregation. You know, this whole transgender stuff, this whole gay stuff, you know, they got it. And their thing is, hey, you may be right. The Bible speaks very explicitly about it. But man, I cannot stand up here and talk about this stuff because I'm going to lose 200 members today because I got about 100 members who got either gay daughters, gay sons. And I got a few that got uh, children who think that they're other than what they were created to be. And I ain't trying to lose members. I got a budget. I, you know, we got to pay bills. We got staff mm. members to pay. And I just can't talk about this stuff, you know. And I, I know I know the right and wrong of it, but I just can't talk about it. Cause and see, that's, a, that's amazing to me. Well, I, I know that you studied apologetics, and I, I've been a lover of apologetics yeah. for a long time. But basically, that's a defense of the faith. And yeah. to me, the worst thing in the world I could think of is to sit over there and, and, and go to the other side and hear him say, I never knew you. Yeah. And, and, and if I'm sitting over there, you know, I'm not a pastor of church. I never tried to be. I, I, mm -hmm. I think my call is, is pretty much what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But I, cause I can get the same thing. You know, he 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 called us to obedience to him. If we don't come before, I, I mean, I know you know what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. You know, if he don't come first, he he ain't taking second. Yeah. And 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 also when he says the judgment starts in the house of the Lord, I don't see how they get around that. Yeah. I, I you know they worried about losing, and if they're worried about losing members, then that shows. Well, you know, yeah. that means it ain't you talking about. I'm yeah. saying, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you, you're worried about losing members. Then you got more faith in, in in that than you got in him. Let me take one minute to say this real quick. One one thing that I find too is that um people sometimes like 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 what I've tried to do is like even when as you know every so often you know you know this whole and I know we can get it the next time we're talking about you know our allegiance and all that. But what I will tell you is that sometimes when I'm talking about when something impacts the church. Like when something is coming down the pike, I do try to get ahead of it. Yeah. Because I want people to know, because I will tell you, I will tell you, I've had people to come in my office after the service mm -hmm. and they will say to me, Pastor Cooper, you know, I heard you preach and, and they will say stuff like this. They say, and you know, I've been thinking about what you've been saying. And I realized that, you know, maybe I need to give some consideration uh, uh, what you were saying, I'll give you a, a case of point. You're going to really like this. Um, when President Obama was the president back in, uh, no, two, when he got, when he won in 208, and then he was running for re-election. And mm -hmm. you remember that whole thing when he, quote, he evolved? Yeah. yeah. Supporting gay marriage? Yeah, yeah. I had a young lady and her mother came into my office. And let me tell you, I was blown away by the young lady. She was scheduled to vote, I mean, yeah, to vote for the very first time because she had turned 18 and she was excited about voting. And listen to what she said to me. She said, Pastor Cooper, I mean, she was honest. I mean, just honest. And I love it. She says, I really like President Obama. She says, but I'm a little confused. She says, because I know that marriage is between a man and a woman. 
Mm -hmm. She says, and I don't know if I should be supporting someone who's going against the clear teaching of scripture. Mm. And her mother was sitting there and she was there. Now, so she said, well, what should I do? Now, one thing I didn't want to do is to tell her how to vote. I said, I told her, I said, well, let me say something, young lady. I want you to stand on truth. Mm -hmm. I said, so you know what the truth is. I said, so I want you to be between you and God. I said, but you just cited for me, you know what the truth is. Mm -hmm. And I said, and so always stand on truth, even if it goes against what the popular vote may be. Always stand on truth because I. this is what I told her. You never want to vote in opposition to Almighty God. You want to be on his side and not in opposition to him. Amen to that. And with that, Pastor, I want you to tell the folks how they can reach you and whatever closing things you want to say. Okay. Then I'd like you to close us out in prayer. I'm going to sign off, but don't, don't cut off until I get a chance to talk okay. to you. Well, I would say this, you know, my church, we, we live stream our services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So, I mean, it's real simple. You know, I'm not a fancy preacher. I, I just want to say I, I preach the Bible. You know, I've been trained to preach the scriptures, and that's what I do. I'm not a fancy guy. I'm a flat-footed guy. I don't run all over the church when I'm preaching. I stay in one place. Um, you know, and I, I take it seriously, you know, and I try to teach it as well as I'm, I'm, I'm able. And, uh, so we, um, you know, my church is Lincoln Avenue Christian church. And we do have a, we have a page on Facebook and then we have a page on YouTube, but it's called Fresh Encounter Ministries, LACC. Let me say it again, Fresh Encounter Ministries, LACC, and that's on YouTube. And, it, and so these two sites are live streamed simultaneously at 10 a.m. Pacific time every Sunday. And so if you want to see and kind of hear what I'm saying, you can you can tune in. And then on my personal page, we also live stream it. And then on Tuesday evenings, I normally do my Bible studies at 630 uh, Pacific times. And I, I just want to tell you all, brothers and sisters, you know, some of these things that we talk about are hard. They, they are not easy to deal with, but it's just because we love y'all. It's because we want the truth to come out because we, we love God and we want you to know um, what the truth is. And so the Bible says that we're to speak the truth in love and that's all we're trying to do. So I just want to just say thank you for listening in today. I hope that I said something and I'm sure Brother Samuel said a lot that you, you can take in and prayerfully consider. And Lord willing, maybe we'll get another opportunity to talk about some other matters. Yeah. So if you can close us out in prayer and hold on, I'm going to sign okay. us off. All right, let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the time that you've allowed for us to uh, discuss some of these controversial issues. We acknowledge that they're not easy to discuss, particularly in this day but we know that they need to be discussed. They need to be talked about and even debated sometimes, Lord. I pray that you will give us grace, that you will give us wisdom, that as we discuss them, Lord, that we'll be able to do it in a manner that is pleasing to you. We ask you, Lord, to forgive us of our sins and that you would create in us a clean heart, dear God, and renew the right spirit within us. Bless your people and may they always know, Lord, 
that as you said in your word, we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I want to thank everybody for joining Pastor Cooper and myself for this episode of Manly Monday. Until the next time, this is Samuel Tolley. And remember, Jesus got to come first in everything. View the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. Do not view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. This is Samuel Tolley. I'm out.